And we're recording. I don't know what that voice was, but hi. Already, <laughs> welcome to Already Cancelled with Finn. I am Finn. I am the host. Today, I am the host with the coffee and the spliff. So maybe I am doing the most. Maybe I'm doing the least. It's Saturday and it's raining up in New York. Happy 4th of July weekend, or as we like to call it, Juneteenth Part 2. What's good, my niggas? Because <laughs> I ain't celebrating no independence of, what do you call it? The the, the colonies? What do you call it? The, the colonies? The oh, colonizers. Yeah. Yeah, no, 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 no. We don't even know this. We are on somebody's land and we don't even know her dead name mm. we don't even know her dead name so um welcome to the political podcast <laughs> <laughs> um so this week i am not canceling myself i'm going to cancel a nigga who chose to misgender me when they were angry with his whole chest with his old ass self. Nigga, you was a whole 30-something years old. You are 33. And you out here being mad because I said the word tone. Now, so like this dude, we exchange numbers. Okay, not even a week mm-hmm. goes by. Right, not even a week goes by. We FaceTime twice. That's it, right? But mind you, it was Pride Weekend. Mm-hmm. That's number one. It was Pride Weekend. What were we doing during Pride Weekend? Everything. If you don't even remember what you did, that's because you did everything. And you had a good time doing it. And you had a good time doing it. I was surprisingly, I really mean surprisingly sober most of it. I was going to say, like, from the stories and things that you told us, like, you were pretty tamed. I was very tamed. And mm-hmm. it shows I've grown. <laughs> Growth. 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 You know, I don't need to be inebriated to have fun. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, and it it kind of brought me back to my years of when I was like trying to be straight edge because I remember going to them warehouse parties straight edge. Mm-hmm. That wasn't for nobody. You gotta be really into shit. You know what's so funny? Someone asked me because, like, you know, I'm. I'm really open and honest about not drinking and someone was like are you straight edge this is like years ago and I was like straight edge the hell is that and then like I had to have my little brother tell me like yo straight edge means you don't drink you don't smoke you don't do this you don't do and I'm like I'm on the proxy for my knee this is why I can't drink like I this is not a choice this I'm listen I'm not doing this because I think I'm better than people. I'm doing this because I'm on the proxy right now for my knee. And then it just went into like, I don't drink in mixed company because, you know, <laughs> likes to get drunk. So that's where I I mean, there's some people I don't like drinking there. I'm gonna be real. Yeah. But so it was Pride Weekend. So like this nigga was like, you know, I'm like, I'm busy. Like, I can't see you on Pride Weekend, blah, blah, blah. And then on top of that, this work week, this past work week was like extremely busy for me. Mm-hmm. I I definitely did like hardcore work. I definitely went over like I wasn't even planning to work the Monday after Pride, and I had to, mm-hmm. and I had to be up at fucking six in the morning. I remember you were on the road a lot this week. Yeah, yeah. So like, I don't like I'm not really understanding like what's the problem. And apparently, you work twelve hour days, so like. 
when are you when are you available that's the part that sent me because you were just like listen i have to be up in the morning i you know i want i don't really want to go into the back and forth and then he was like i work 12 hour shifts and like real angry and grumpy and it's like okay and I'll, then when you got like he i feel like he intentionally like the conversation was just very off-putting from the beginning yeah the tone was very pointed from the beginning and then when he started misgendering you it's like i call a spade a spade and i'm like uh you putting on too much effort for a person whose feelings are not hurt like right mm-mm. and then like because what happened was he was all like well i was just joking around blah 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 but like my nigga you don't know me like that, right? Exactly. So if you don't know somebody and you joking, quote unquote, you put an LOL, a ha ha ha, right. an LMFAO, um, whatever these young kids are saying, is it something with an H? Um, I can't keep up. I'm sorry. I can't keep up anymore. I, keep up. I was like, what is a glizzy? One of my cousins told me it was a gun and the other one said it was a hot dog. And I was like, can't we just call it a hot dog? Like, what's the problem? Can we just call a gun a gun? Right. A gat. I have a baby in gat, but whatever. I I, I mean, baby gat. Bitch, get on top and do some work. (laughs) So, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yo, I will never, to the end of my life, my, the best rapper in the world is baby gat. And guess what? He ain't even got no song. Definitely don't. He definitely don't got no song. Ain't nobody ever heard a single bar from this nigga. Not one bar. But he is still the most iconic rapper <laughs> of my life. <laughs> He's the voice of a generation. A whole generation. <laughs> <laughs> but then, like, so this, and, and then, or you put in an LOL, like, a, or an, an emoji, right? Right. This nigga did none of that, right? So I said, well, and don't and don't don't forget, I used to do stand up. So the first thing I do is every person I meet, I automatically know that they are an audience. Mm-hmm. Because, and, and I and that's something I actually learned in one of my public speaking classes. It's not just a crowd, it's one on one too. Right. Audiences are the people you are interacting with. Right. So I said, in my mind, I'm like, I already know how to gauge my audience by doing the LOL, by doing this emoji, by putting in this punctuation. Right. But don't forget, punctuation is a real bit. I might do some one-on sentences with some of y'all, but most of y'all, people who don't Punctuations are important. Right. Like- It's very important. You you gonna know that I have half of a college education. You gonna know that I dropped out of somebody's school, like okay, bitch. I got in though. I got in though. What good? Had both feet in that class. Had okay, both I, cheeks. I in did. I did my admissions essay. What did you do? <laughs> what did you do? Not put in punctuation. That's what you did. I can't. So I was like, I just I don't appreciate your tone. Blah blah blah. You know, when you are addressing me, someone you do not you do not know please consider your tone. And he was like, my tone, I'm a whole 33 years old, blah, blah, blah. And he kept calling me bro. And yeah, and, yo, and that my, was intentional. And then he said at the end, my guy. Mm-hmm. And my first thought was South Park. I'm not your guy, friend. I'm not your friend, buddy. And I'm not your guy, friend. And I'm just and like, that was my first thought. My second thought was, are okay, we in Canada? Okay, because 
I don't do that kind of racism. Um, so I like dead ass. I was like, you know, I just stood up straight. I don't appreciate you misgendering me. I don't appreciate any of this, blah, blah, blah. Right. And he's like, well, you, you're still a man, no matter what you identify as. And I was like, okay, cool. So I'm going to let you know you're officially dubbed. Right. And he was like, you've been dubbed, weirdo. Like, my nigga. That's, be- that's the part that sent me because <laughs> I've been done weirdo. So why are we still engaging in this conversation? You why? are the only ones that are oppressed, like a clearly, like, bomb-ass pair of jeans. Bitch, starch, starch, spray, spray, Christ. Right. What's going on? And then, like, don't forget, I sent this, because you know me, even when you've gotten my screenshots, even when it's something not major, <laughs> even right. when it's something not major, I still send it to some, like, mainly y'all, because, mm-hmm. like, I'm like, okay, y'all gonna let me know if I'm bugging or if I'm they're tripping, me. yeah. Right? <laughs> so, the, uh, so the way it went, it was like, I sent it to y'all first, mm-hmm. and then I sent it to, like, one of my little bros. Mm-hmm. And then Fuckboy Friday, mm-hmm. I sent that shit and asked a whole gaggle of niggas on the internet. And oh, everybody was like, what is this problem? Right. Like, I don't, you know, as much as I love men, because we know. Oh, we know you do. I love, with this off. I love the men. I just be like, in this day and age, like, what are we doing? Like, but I'll I'll get into that later. Cause I, yeah. did I tell you about DMX? We gonna get into that later. Okay, cool. Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of the things on my list. Like, but like I, so because I sent that to mm-hmm. you know the the like to the to the internet, I was like, okay, yeah, this is who I'm canceling this week. I'm canceling mm-hmm. this nigga mm-hmm. because how dare you? misgender me just because you're angry you know what you're letting me know you who is a who are a gay black man Mm -hmm. in in the united states of america Mm -hmm. enjoyed washington's united states and ben franklin's united states because you know them niggas own slaves Mm -hmm. you're letting me know that you don't give a shit about the other queer black people who right. are in your community who are lifting you up you're no better than the hoteps right you're no better than the white racists you're no better than the christian extremists and christian extremists aren't always white because mm. black christian extremists mm. are the worst mm. okay i'd rather deal with a white christian extremist than a black one black christian extremists are they're they're like hiding in plain sight mm-hmm. and the reason why we can't really see them is because of the the fried chicken and the fish sandwiches on friday night and like they're too busy they're too busy you know protecting the pedophiles the the, the ones who abuse their their female partners mm. okay and sometimes mm. male partners okay you know they're too busy. They're too busy looking at them as the good at the good guy, quote unquote, and and thinking, well, we don't give a fuck about those who aren't them because we're gonna lift up these black men right. because black men need to need to be the leaders. But you know what? It's so funny um, that we say this. That we're, you know we're speaking about this. Um, in my years. I haven't been to church in a very long time. 
and I know I said like before, like I'm, I still identify as Christian. In my years of going to church and being a part of the church, um, it's always a uh, with the extremists, right? It's always a uh, you know, don't let people know your business. You don't want nobody in your business, girl. If she getting her face bashed in, she needs everybody in her business. She like, really do. She needs everybody to know, like this man is beating the fuck out of me. Like, can someone help me? But again, and I hate to go back to this, but like black womanhood has always been ingrained in us in how much we can take and how much we can bear shows like our um, ability to like thrive in a relationship. Girl, you punch me in my, he punched me in my face. He can punch in his face and we going to meet Jesus together, hold the hands and praying because it's, we just going out. We both going out. All right, and, and and what's crazy is it all stems from the from the church because mm. that because like let's be honest, once if you've noticed, once black people leave the church, mm-hmm. they're more honest about the bad situation that they're going right. through. Right. And it not only helps others, but it actually helps them. Right. And I'm not saying that this is for everyone who leaves the church, but I'm saying it's more common that you see it. Right. And I want to... No, it's just like, because I feel like it's because at some point you're you're not being judged as being less than. Right. You know, they make it seem like it's embarrassing for a woman to go through that kind of shit. Mm -hmm. And the reality is it's not embarrassing. It's not embarrassing if it's an it's an epidemic and it's tragic. Right. But I want people to also understand leaving the church doesn't mean that you like left your religion or mm-hmm. left like your relationship with God. Because I've had this conversation before with my mom because she's like, Oh, you guys need to get back in church. Like my mom is a lovely woman, but she's one of those people that's like, if I stub my toe and I'm like, oh my God, I stubbed my toe today, she's like, That's because you need to get back in church. And I'm like, Girl, no, it's because I need to move my bed two inches to the left. Like, that's I love why. your mom. I love your mom. <laughs> and I'm just like, she's one of those people. Like, you know, you gotta get back in the church. You gotta do this. And I'm like, I stopped going to church like three years ago, four years ago. And it's not that I stopped going to church because my relationship with God is different. No, it's because I just stopped going to the building. It doesn't mean that like I still don't have a relationship with God. And I think that's important for people to realize just because you stop going to the actual edifice, just because you actually don't like, it's not your full-time gig anymore. Cause like some people church is their full-time gig, like seven days a week. Service, child, listen, I was a church kid. I was in church 24 seven and still made it to school on time, but that's not the handle there. Just because you don't go to the edifice, or you don't assemble yourself amongst his people. It doesn't mean that your relationship with God is any different. Well, and, you know, the concept is, because remember before they started building churches, right? Before yeah. they started building the church that it is now, which also, I, I know the whole history of this. Well, I know like the synopsis of the history of this. Mm-hmm. But like when they, before they started building churches, a lot of people had, um, I mean, modern day churches, not mm-hmm. like I'm, I'm talking after the big cathedrals were built, but like before mm. the smallest churches started popping up, um, people were like having church in their barns. I was about to say that. Yeah. And they were having sermons in their living rooms. Mm-hmm. And the, the, 
the house of God isn't always the a house or a building a structure. Isn't always the building that right. was made for God. The house of God. Let's be real. The word house. That house. God don't ask for much. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? He don't ask for much. I'm not Christian, but I know this shit. Okay. Mm-hmm. God don't ask for much from the Bible that I've read. Mm-hmm. Right. He just wants y'all to do what y'all nice. said y'all were going to do. Right. Y'all said y'all were going to do this by saying that you are a follower of me. Mm-hmm. When you pledge your love and loyalty to me, this is what you signed yourself up for. Right. It's like signing a job contract. Right. Mm-hmm. And in, in, in the protocols, it said, be simple. The dead ass did. It said, be simple and humble your motherfucking self. Mm-hmm. And so a house of God can literally be just your house because it is humble. It is simple. You are, you can bring others over in order for you to have communal support, communal right. love, communal sharing, but it doesn't have to be this giant corporation. Right. And that's why I don't deal with mega churches. And this, and let's be real. My favorite part is. It said your body is a temple. Listen. And your temple can be dedicated to who? Your deity. Mm-hmm. So if it is God, cool. If it's God who is also translated into Allah, because it's the same God. Child, listen. Cool. Let me tell you something. <laughs> this will be pissing me off with Christians and just Christians, because I, you know, everybody I know is Christian for the most part. I don't believe in no Allah. I believe in one true God. I was like, they do so. What the hell are you talking about? They believe in the same God. All Abrahamic religions. Ever heard of it? All Abrahamic religions believe in the same person. Right. Okay. They might have different branches of how they believe in that person. But the different branches. It's just the translation is different. Yeah. It still all means the same thing. I mean, look at if we look at if we look at Avatar, the last Airbender. Okay. And don't kill me. I the legend of Korra, it. the legend of Korra, right? Mm-hmm. Aang was the avatar. The, there were so many legends mm-hmm. about how he came to be, what happened to him, right? Mm-hmm. But we saw the true story. But guess what? Those people who actually lived it, everybody had something different. They didn't have television, they didn't have right. all that. So they all believed in the avatar in a different way. Mm-hmm. They all felt the avatar in a different way. So I'm just saying, like, it's so different and it's so weird. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But people, oof, child. I always say I ain't got no heaven or hell to put nobody in. Well, so I mean, however we are, you, however we are you in the bad place. Peace, find your peace and hold on to it because I'm we, trying to find mine. We are in the bad place, so I'm finding my peace with the bad place so I can have a talk with Eleanor when I get up there. Listen, we have been here for a whole four bear means. I am tired. Okay. Oh, God. Damn. All right. So, um, today's guest. <laughs> 30 hours later. Today's guest. Today's guest. <laughs> today's guest, mate. Um, I love her. I love her. This is this is my this is my drunk English accent, so it's obviously Australian. Um, oop! It's giving it's giving a little New Zealand, giving a little Kiwi. You know, my favorite show, my favorite international show, aside from Doctor Who, obviously, mm-hmm. is uh, is the Almighty Johnsons. Is it on Netflix? 
It's on Prime. The Almighty Johnsons is about uh, four brothers who are gods. Norse okay. gods reincarnated into modern day humans. And they're trying to get back home to Asgard. Okay. And okay. they got th- their version of Loki is the biggest asshole you've ever seen. Okay. Um, it is, it is, is Odin trying to find his Freya. Okay. It is so good, and so I love me a good Kiwi accent. Anyway, today's guest. I'm gonna try this again. <laughs> is the homie, the cousin. Yeah. Big booty, Rudy. Yo, uh, let me tell you something. Separate with the sauce. Separate with the sauce. The booty getting a little. Plumper, no plastic no more. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Y'all have already met her. Y'all love her. People be sliding into my DM talking about, yo, your girl set? Uh-huh. Your girl set? She that bitch. Oh, thanks, guys. Um, she trying to act like she all humble and shit. She right? Ain't. She ain't. <laughs> this, bitch, this bitch got the bit. You ever seen an air? You've, you ever seen a hot air balloon? <laughs> Three of them is the size of this bitch's head. <laughs> listen, I was. I, listen, I am occasionally told I ain't shit to humble me. Like I say to like my kid, like. Does this look nice on me? And she's like, not really. Humble yourself and she'll walk away. And I'm like, well, damn. Do I look yeah. nice or not? Like, I mean, learn to humble yourself. You asked the question, you got an answer. I sure did. I actually, I'm going to start. You know what? Marlena might need to uh, make a little room because these monthly, these monthly updates that I'll be giving the crowd, mm-hmm. the, the masses, letting them know that she ain't shit. I should add you to that list. And I've been thought that. Yeah. I've been thought that. A whole me. Okay. A whole me. A whole me. Me. A whole me. Uh, yo, let me tell you something. <clears throat> so my Nigerian homie, mm-hmm. <laughs> you can't stand me. <laughs> I'll be making my imitation Jola. Oh, God. And he'd be like, yo, this is good for an American. <laughs> you know what's so funny? I've never um, had Jolof, right? My sister, she used to work with this girl. What was her name? I think her name was DC. And one time she took food from my mother's house and my mom had made red rice. And she's like, is that Jolof? And my sister's like, no, it's red rice. And she's like, it looks just like Jolof. And it's so funny because, um, okay, we'll get into that later. But, um, I was having a conversation about Gullah Geechee this week. And I was saying how the South is like certain things in the South is still rooted in African um, cuisine. And I just thought that was so interesting. I don't know where that just came from, but whatever. <laughs> we're I mean, here. it is. The, uh, I used to, when I lived in Carolina, mm-hmm. we used to drive on down from, you know, Raleigh. And I, you know me, I drive everywhere when I have mm-hmm. a car. When I have a car, I was everywhere. Um, and we drove down to um the Gullah Island. Mm-hmm. Um, it's only like a three, three and a half hour drive. It wasn't bad. Mm-hmm. And it was so good. Like the culture, the stories, the mm-hmm. stories are, oh my gosh. Um, And then <clears throat> it's just, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. 
And you hear the people just talking and it's just like the beautiful black people. Like I want to visit. Like I want to, like I've always said I, I want to stay as far away from the South as I ever could get because I feel like the minute I touch down, slavery will come back and I don't trust it. But like, you know, TikTok has been amazing as far as like exploring different cultures, especially, you know, across the diaspora. And I'm like, I think I want to go to like the North Carolinas to go like see what Gullah Geechee culture is really all about. So I'm going okay. that lately. Look, 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 look. Someday soon, I am taking a week off. Mm-hmm. Um, it's needed. And I'm going to rent me a little car. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to drive me on down from here to the Carolinas. Stop in Virginia on the way. Mm-hmm. You need to come. You will see. You will see. We'll pass through the Amish version of the Amish area of Delaware. Oh, yeah. Maryland. I've been there before. It's so cute. And, and then, I it's cute because it's like, whatever. I mean, I don't want to be on a horse and buggy. I don't do Listen, well with horses. I don't do I, well with horses. Horses don't like me. It is fine. I know that I am a demon. Okay. I've accepted it. <laughs> All right. Um, because everyone says horses are only mean to people they don't like, or, or, you know, they can tell you have a bad aura. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, dogs and cats like me. So obviously I'm good for them. Listen, horses I'm, don't I'm like fine me. with domesticated animals. Is you, okay. You know how I feel about horses. Like, if horses Some don't like say me, real. But like, like, if one animal don't like me, if one species of animal don't like me, I am fine. Right. It's not like you got to get to know them. They don't live in your neighborhood. I've been to Mule Day once. And that's all I needed. <laughs> also, no, but like where my grandfather lived at, his, his house in Virginia, horses might be your neighbors. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, yeah. He got, he got deer. He, he told me he watches the deer grow up. Aww. No. That means he has too much free time. I mean, he lives in the sticks. Purposely. Purposely. Like, like T-Mobile might not work there. That might be the only place in America T-Mobile does not work. Your grandfather literally moved to the woods to live out his Disney princess fantasy. And I'm here he for lived, it. He lived 20 minutes away from a Tyson factory. Oh, okay. And farm. Their chicken tenders are pretty good. They are. Pretty good. They really are. Just don't, don't, just roll up your window when you when you're driving past the farm. Okay, do that for um, yourself. Mm-mm. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. So, supper. Yes. Yes. Today, first of all, what you been up to since you last been here, bit? Um, since I last been here and whatever, I ain't been up to shit. I've been trying to, um, you know, my situation. So I've been trying to, you know, get on, you know, the ball with getting all my health shit out of the way. It's like I have a hot girl summer, but that's not going to happen because, you know, maybe. Um, um, hot girl summer can be in the winter as long as you keep it hot. That is also true. But, like, matter, matter of fact, I'm going to make a fancy girl for Fancy girl four. Fancy girl four. My my summer is it's not over, but like we got a couple of bumps in the road this summer. Right. So I mean, as long as it's not like last summer, I should be fine. But 
I think I'm gonna do fancy girl fall. I'm gonna like wear my furs and ghost drink like top shelf top shelf seltzer. That was like a tongue twister. Okay. Top shelf seltzer is a thing. It is. Um, and it's like ten dollars a glass at a bar. Um and they have them in Midtown. Mm-hmm. So yes. Mm-hmm. You can be all fancy in Midtown, you know, after you park in Brooklyn, obviously. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Listen, no, you know why it's so funny? Um, the last time I drove to the city, I actually parked in a garage in the city. And it wasn't that bad, but it was also a weeknight. So, um, yeah. I, um, I, whenever I used to, like, have, like, somebody, like, you know, I would have a car, right? Mm-hmm. I would if I would parking in the city. I only parked in one neighborhood, Chinatown. Okay, I thought you were gonna say watch the heights at first. No, because when I'm downtown, because when I'm in the city, I'm usually like below. I'm usually below fiftieth. You know, mm-hmm. at, well below fifty fifth. You know what I'm saying? So like, I'm gonna park downtown in a, like a residential area. If I'm on the east side, I park in Chinatown. And then you walk, and and then I walk. Okay. Catch a train or walk. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because it's not far from the, you know, the East Village, the Lower right. East Side, all that stuff. So I can do that. And I'm not going to park in Alphabet City. Anybody mm-hmm. who does that is crazy. I feel like, okay, so like I said, the last time I parked in a, like a garage. Before then, I went to my aunt's house. She lives off Broadway, right? So I parked around the corner from her house. Which Uptown? Is on Broadway, like close to Harlem. Like Uptown. Harlem adjacent. Like below Columbia? Mm, I don't know. Child, she lives where she lives. Oh, yeah, you so, don't know. You don't know. You Manhattan. know, I don't be knowing nothing. You, you don't know, know like, Manhattan. Oh, I'm going to um, the Lower East Side. I'm like, is that near the bridge? Anyway. <clears throat> Two of them, actually. So I parked Three of them. Three of them? Williamsburg Bridge is over there, right? Williamsburg, Manhattan, Brooklyn. Right. So I parked around the corner and I, I had to park at the meter. I'm like, okay, this meter should be no more than $4. That shit was $20 an hour. 20 whole American dollars an hour. Yeah, you were near I Columbia. I was like, absolutely ridiculous. I, I parked there, but I was just like, you know what? And the food was nasty. But anyway, that's fine. They didn't know there. Um, oh, my God. oh, my God. Look, man, I don't... I When it comes to parking in Manhattan, you got to be strategic. You know, I've never parked anywhere uptown in manhattan really never parked anywhere uptown in manhattan because i didn't hang out really up here until i moved up here uptown Mm -hmm. you know so i didn't really you know do much like that Mm -hmm. and then once i got here i started realizing parking up here is getting crazy yeah it's very tight it's very tight so let me leave my shit where it's at Mm -hmm. hop on a train hop on a bus I can walk. Everything I do is like either right near a train or near or close enough to my house. Right. So it's all good, right? But Brooklyn? Oh, I'll drive through Brooklyn. Brooklyn is easy. I can it's do it. Literally easy peasy. I, I have no problems with parking in Brooklyn. But oh, I'm lying. I'm lying because one time I was parking in Brooklyn, minding my black ass God given business, and I didn't know that somebody removed the no parking sign. All I saw was the pole. They removed the no parking sign. And I got two tickets. 
when I tell you I was tight, like were you on an avenue? Were you downtown Brooklyn? No, I was I was in the stock. In the what? In the stock. Oh, I'm sorry, Bedford Stuyvesant. Bedford Stuyvesant. Bedford Stuyvesant. Bedford the Sty. The sty. I thought you said. I thought you said. I thought you said the sky. And I was like, say that again. Did I hear you? <laughs> Did you die? I was like, wait, you know what? Maybe but I do. Need I hear Bedford Stuyvesant is where you do and most likely will die. You know what? The very first time I heard it fully said at Bedford Stuyvesant, because I've always heard it called Bedsty my entire mm-hmm. life. Very first time I heard someone say Bedford Stuyvesant, I shit you not, but when I was watching What I Like About You. Mm-hmm. Like, it was a white woman saying, Bedford Stuyvesant? And I was like, wait, that's Brooklyn. Wait. I that's know how that. you know who grew here and who flew here. <laughs> right? That's exactly how you know who grew here and who flew here. Because I've never, like, I saw this TikTok the other day. And the girl was like, in the TikTok, she was like, if you're from Brooklyn, you do not call it a bodega. You call it a quarter store. She's like, people who call it a bodega, they are not from here. And I was like, you know what, girl? You actually right. People that call it better. I'm from Bedford Stuyvesant. Like, the stock. You from the stock. Like, when you know, yeah. when you know what killed me is when I say I'm going to the Heights, right? Mm-hmm. Now, everyone. And they assume it's Brooklyn Heights? Right. Who the hell made Brooklyn Heights? Who? Crown Heights? You mean Crown Heights? Crown Heights. When I say when I say the Heights, I say I'm. That means I'm going uptown. When I say I'm going to Crown Heights, I say Crown Heights. Right. I don't know Brooklyn Heights. I know I know people who live there. I don't know Brooklyn Heights. I never downtown Brooklyn. Right. Downtown Brooklyn. That's what that's what I know it as. Yeah, that's also on my list. But don't. Okay, so today we are talking about. <laughs> We went very far, very fast, very soon. <laughs> do not put, they're talking, you know. It, this is do not put me and Sepa in the same room. <laughs> like, remember when you was here for my birthday? My friends mm-hmm. looked at us and we were like, "Wait, what are you? What are you? Who are you, people? What are you guys doing?" I think we were talking about. We went from like talking about Britney to talking about. Oh man, it was something. And we were like, first of all. And, it's- <laughs> and then we did, oh, who let the dogs out when that started playing? Oh, yeah. Nobody knew they were talking about ugly people. Yo. And- Yo. And I do have a question. Who be letting the dogs out sometimes? Mm-hmm. Who? 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 Lord Jesus. Okay, so today we're talking. <laughs> mm. Today, yeah, I- mm. today is a. It's going to be a, a, a fun, heavy day. Mm-hmm. It's going to be kind of heavy, but it's going to be kind of fun. So, right. buyer beware. Disclaimer. Disclaimer. Everything you are about to hear is a personal reflection of these two people. We, <laughs> while we may hate certain people, it does not mean, it does not mean that we are specifically hating on certain people. That makes sense, but right. it, let's be real. Y'all does not always mean all, mm-hmm. and all does not always mean you. Mm-hmm. But if the shoe fit, lace that bitch up because these boots were made for walking out my life. Mm. That's the word. 
That is a word. <laughs> y'all don't mean all, and y'all don't mean you. Because mm. you I'm know, just, black people, black people hate when you say y'all and you mean one person. What you mean y'all? What you mean y'all? Who is y'all? Y'all ain't do nothing. Y'all, I know you don't mean me, okay? Because me, a whole me, was sitting my black ass down, <laughs> drinking water and minding my black ass business. I just got here. What are you talking about? I just got here. I just got here 28 years ago on mm. this green ass earth, mm. okay? You and your spirit, they said this baby already been here when they saw you, so I don't know what yes, you're sir. doing. Black people love saying that baby already been here. <laughs> Hell, we yeah. all already been here. If we follow certain religions' tactics of saying we have, Nothing. okay. So um, today we are listing off ten things or people that we hate. <laughs> so I said this is gonna be. A, I was, I was, um, I was watching. So you know, last week we did the uh, the early two thousands episode. We were talking about like you know our shows that we liked back then and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And I said, I remember this. I remember this fucking ABC Family show that came on one summer, and it was called 10 Things I Hate About You." So I watched it. I watched like the pilot episode, and I was like, "I know what this week's topic is going to be." <laughs> and so, ten things we hate. I I asked you to create your ten list, mm-hmm. your, your list of ten, right? Mm-hmm. Um. Your list of 10, not 10 lists. I got to, you know me, you know words, you know I'll be high. Um, I wouldn't have you any other way. And I wouldn't have you any other way. That's I don't know. That's love. Um, so uh, so how it's going to work, we're just going to go through these 10 things, right? We are going to talk about them, right? Mm-hmm. So what I figured was I'm going to start, Okay. And then I'm going to say mine. If you, um, as you said earlier, is that if you find, if you have anything in your list that correlates with mine, you'll just say, you'll say it with it, obviously. And then we'll talk. Mm -hmm. Right. And I figured that that's how we can like kind of cross things off our list. Mm -hmm. And then mine is in no particular order. I didn't do one through 10. I just listed 10 things. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Because, like, sometimes you can't be always ranking things top to, you know, top to bottom because, like, sometimes things change. Right. This ain't the FBI's most wanted list. Mm. Okay? Mm. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. So, the first one is, also, listeners, at some point, if you have a, if you have, if you find yourself making a top, you know, top 10 list of things you hate, things you like, this, blah, 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 send them to me. I would love to read them. Mm. I'd like to read them on the air. I On the air. Mm-hmm. On the air. And I love listicles. Mm-hmm. Because they, like, they trigger memories for me. And, like, it's awesome. Mm-hmm. It also teaches you things. Okay. About yourself and others. About yourself and others. Alright. Alright. First one is left-wing, politically correct bitches. Okay. Now, here's how I mean by this. Now, I am part of the left, right? I am very progressive. I am I am for everyone getting all of the things. Let's mm-hmm. put it that way. You know what I mean? I am for socialized health care. I am for a, you know, a um, equality for mm-hmm. the queers, for the Blacks. As they like to say, the blacks. Mm-hmm. 
you know, I am all about equality for everyone. But, and I'm all about bringing causes to light. Right? I'm all about bringing causes to light. And fighting for people and advocating for people. But one thing that pisses me off is when, like, people, when I say a phrase or a word, and I say it, and it's not the modern, politically correct term, Mm -hmm. and people try to correct me to change it, when it's something that I've been through. Right. Okay, so my example is when I say the word, when I say the phrase commit suicide and I'm corrected to say die by suicide and I see your face, I see your face looking confused because that was my face when I first heard it. Okay. And I was like, bitch, I have attempted multiple times. You can't tell me to not say something. Right. Okay. And on top of that, yes, I understand that there are other people going through the same mindset who have probably lost people to this okay but those people those people they don't need you saying change this they need you to do something to help them right but let me just throw this in here right because this is gonna sound kind of dark but at the same time i think you will understand what i'm saying to, to change committed suicide to die by suicide kind of implies that it was against their own will, right? Mm-hmm. Now, if I say I committed to this job opportunity, it means that I made the conscious decision to say I'm going to take this job opportunity. So if you're saying you committed, a person committed suicide, they made the conscious decision that that was the right thing for themselves at that time. So why take away that notion that this was a choice that they made in that moment to say die by suicide and saying, oh, they didn't make the choice to die. And, they then, they're, and then they're going to say, and they're going to say, well, they weren't in the right place and it wasn't a choice. But like, honey, it is a conscious effort. Mm-hmm. It is a conscious effort. It is often, often not something that was a spur of the moment. Right. This is not a pack of gum that was on the conveyor belt. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? This is something you planned. Right. And that goes back to, um, okay, well, let me just give a, a huge disclaimer. This is by no means me saying that, you know, people who choose suicide as a way out have like this um they owe us anything because they don't and as a person who has like you have made attempts I definitely get it but one thing I learned from therapy and working just in general there's suicidal ideations and then there's a commitment to suicide Mm -hmm. ideation is saying tomorrow I'm going to kill myself because today was a shitty day a commitment is saying today, tomorrow at 2.45, I'm going to kill myself. This is how I'm going to kill myself. It's a well-thought-out plan, like you said. Okay, people. All right. You know what? Words. Like, what? words. That's it. I'm, I'm, and I'm, half I'm, of the time, the, the person that has the issue with the, the words itself have never been through that situation. Yep. Words. Just words. Yep. 
All right, what's yours? Okay, so to piggyback off of what you said, let's see. Or should I do something lighthearted? Because that was kind of heavy. Um, I hate white people who say they aren't racist because they have biracial children. Ooh. Here's why. Ooh. Ooh. Or actually, and I hate the biracial child that feels like they're not racist because they have a black parent. Ooh. Where do I begin? For starters, all the Jadens and Bradens of the world, your mama's secretly racist. She might not say it out loud, but she's secretly racist. And she fetishized. Ooh, keep going, keep going. If ooh, she ooh. ever said to you, I'm going to keep your hair low because it's way too curly, and it wasn't curly from a man, like being manageable, but it was curly from a, they might know my, my kid got to drop a nigga in it, she racist. I saw a TikTok on, um, on TikTok. What the hell was that? I saw a TikTok this week and uh, this girl was telling how, you know, she's Indian and Black, but her father's like white past and Indian. And at one point when she was a kid, her mom was like, she's not going to perm her hair anymore. And he's like, no, perm her hair because I don't want anybody to know that she's a nigga. Yep. It's, it's not uncommon. Like, I have, yeah. you know, she, you know, whatever. I have a cousin who's um, biracial. She's white passing. And she purposely perms her hair so that people mm-hmm. won't know. Like, her friend that she's been friends with for 20 years did not know her dad was black. Yep. Like, yep. just because you choose to be white passing on your part, that's fine. But it does not denounce your, your inherent, like, blackness. And, and and what's crazy is a lot of this is from the parents and the grandparents because like mm-hmm. let's be real, a lot of these grandparents are racist, mm-hmm. and their kids, the grandkids, they grow up in it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And if they are light light enough to pass, mm-hmm. they you know, develop this mindset. I have, I'll never forget, I had this one friend, half black. He, I didn't know he had a black dad. Mm -hmm. I didn't know he had a black dad. I just thought he was a white boy with a tan and that was his mom Mm -hmm. and his mom was white and that was it. And then when we got older, he started saying certain things and one day he said, nigga. And And that's that's the thing that kills me because you will be like extremely white passing for most of your life. Mm-hmm. You will never identify with your blackness. But the minute you realize, like, as a black, like, oh, my dad is black, my mom is black, I can say nigga. Then it's just like the new world opens for you and you're like, nigga, 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 nigga. And then when somebody calls out, what do you mean? My dad is black. And that's what happened. And Chadwick. And that's what's happened. And I was like, but wait a minute. The but wait a minute. Happened. I ain't never seen, I ain't even never seen a picture of his dad. Hmm. So I didn't know his dad was black. So I didn't believe him. I was like, you can't say it around me. I don't give a fuck. You ain't saying that shit around me. And he got all big mad and all that shit. I was like, I don't give a fuck. I don't. And it's like one of those things of like, yo, one of the worst parts about it is your mom can be like, I love black men, blah, blah, blah. 
right? I love black men. They are sexy and blah, blah, blah. And they'll always date a black man, right? That's fetishizing. And And that is still a form of racism. Right. And that's, so that's the thing. Um, (laughs) That is, that is it. Because you can be getting black dick all you want, but it don't mean that you want, you will ride black dick, but you don't ride for black dick. Yo. Like, you just because oh i can oh prime example um a couple of months back this girl went to like this white girl her mixed race kids went to like a coffee shop and the guy at the coffee shop the girl at the coffee shop was like ma'am you got to put your mask on and she was like why you want me to put my mask on because you a bitch ass nigga and like they recorded her saying it she's like i don't give a fuck bitch ass nigga bitch ass nigga so then mind you she lives in nitra housing so they found her, went to her apartment in NYCHA housing where, and she's an idiot because her husband wasn't even on the lease. So then she got kicked out of NYCHA. They go to her house and she's like, what's wrong with me saying nigga? My husband is a black man. He says it all the time. Nobody says anything to him when he says it. And they were like, wait, what? She's like, yeah, my husband lives here with me. Blah, 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 blah. Outed herself. He wasn't on the lease. They found out he had a, like, a good job and she got kicked out of housing. But she thought because oh, she's like, oh, and that doesn't make me racist. So you thought <clears throat> because you got these cashew color babies with your pale white ass that it was okay for you to say nigga. Mm-hmm. Like how, this- how is that possible? And this is on, like, so many... This, like, touches on so many, like, points on my list. It's crazy. But these people, like, oh, my God. It's just, it's, it's just like, bruh. Like, bruh. Like, the best thing you can do, first of all, is stop having... Stop. If you're going to have... If you're going to have children who are interracial, mm-hmm. you know, half black, half white, half, half South Asian, you mm-hmm. know, whatever. You know what I mean? Half Latino. Like, you have to actually, number one, raise them to embrace their culture. Both sides. Both sides, okay? It's not just, just because you're, just because, you know, you had a bar mitzvah doesn't mean, a bat mitzvah doesn't mean you can't have a quinceanera. Right. You know what I'm saying? You mm-hmm. can have both and 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 bring families and bring members from both sides of your family to both events mm-hmm. and learn and teach the family to like what isn't isn't offensive, what isn't right. right. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's not, I'm not saying like I believe in I stopped doing teachable moments for those who aren't mine. Google is free. Google it free. Like, if I know that you're, if I know that my family married into your family and we aren't always, you know, we, you didn't grow up around my people and I didn't grow up around yours, and maybe your people might have had some racist ways, but you're mm. not racist. You just right. didn't know that this is racist. Yeah, and you're opening your eyes to whatever, blah, 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 then great. You know what I mean? But teachable moments have to be for those bitches. Right. And I, I'm just going to say this the last thing I'm going to say about this topic so we can move on. One of the other things that I've noticed about um, white people just assuming because they have a biracial child that they are no longer racist. 
um, there's like this trend on TikTok because you know I'm being I'm always on TikTok lately, where there's like these older white men talking about when they realized racism was wrong. Like these are older white men of big ages of like 65, 72, and it's always I've been a racist all my life. And then my daughter went and got pregnant by a black man and I was against the pregnancy the whole time. And then she had the baby and I fell in love. And then they show pictures of the baby and it's the most white passing baby of all time. And they're like, I realize race doesn't matter anymore. No, you realize that baby was white passing Mm -hmm. because had that baby come out dark skin, came out dark skin, you would have still been in whatever situation you were in. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, she's the love of my life. I'm not denying that she's the love of your life. But what I'm saying is, had she been two shades darker, you'd have still been calling her a nigga baby. Like yep. you did your your daughter's whole pregnancy. Yep. Yep. So. I'm just... Mm-hmm. Oh, poor Megan. Anyway. Listen. Oh, speaking of a Megan. Another one on my list. Megan McCain. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't, watch, I don't watch The View at all. Ugh. I went to one taping of it, but I don't watch The View. But the clips on social media are Chef's Kiss A1. Oh, my God. Look. She, she honestly looks like a disgruntled cantaloupe 95% of the time. Look, I was, I was watching The View as a kid. You know, spring break when you're at home and your grandma oh, has it on. on there? Yeah. When Barbara was on it, I used to watch it. It was lit! Mm -hmm. And and I grew up with Barbara. Mm -hmm. So, like, I was, you know, that was the same time we just and Cassidy Lee were Mm -hmm. on. Prime television. Prime television. Ooh, child, if y'all don't know, y'all missed out. Listen. Okay. Ain't nothing nothing like sitting and watching All My Children and Young and the Restless with your grandmother after you done watch a whole four hour The Price is Right eating soup. Like, and, and you know what? You know, you know who got who got a lot of people through 9-11? Barbara Walters. Barbara Walters. Such a gem. An American treasure. Icon. Ooh, and Megan McCain comes on the view. And apparently it's only been four years. It feels like five ever. Mm. Megan McCain's only been there for four years, right? And she came on as a, you know, a um the the conservative view, quote unquote, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But the thing is, every time a conservative view comes up, it's like her conservative views are like, well, this is not real, that's not real, no one is being racist, blah, blah, blah. The thing about like when she said uh, maternity leave, I don't believe women need maternity leave until she got pregnant and then went on much. But see that, okay, no, go ahead. I'll leave it. I'll say and, that. And, and like, let's be real. That's the same thing that we say about like white folks when they say, I don't understand systematic racism, blah, blah, blah. I don't, I don't believe it exists. And then they, but they, but once they lose money and become poor or mommy and daddy no longer fund their lives, then they start to say, oh, I think I kind of understand you people now. And mm. I feel bad. Mm. And it's condescending because guess what? I'm still a fucking nigga. Mm. But like, it's like Megan McCain comes on there as this conservative person who's not only just conservative and lives a certain life, mm-hmm. a very wealthy and privileged life, mm. 
Mm-hmm. Her dad was John McCain. Mm-hmm. And she'll never let you forget it. Mm-hmm. It's like when you, it's like the, it's like your hotel auntie who's like, well, I went to an HBCU. I have a PhD. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? My I man, went to Freak Nick. I, I, we don't care. My husband, that's all that is. Mm-hmm. Go, okay, that's cool. He your husband. So is he Laquana's husband and Shauna's mm-hmm. and Deanna's. He's your husband, he, but he missed Pat, baby daddy, and you don't let us talk about that enough. Okay. Mm-hmm. But, just like, like we could we be looking at John McCain and we were like, rest in peace, you know what I mean? I don't wish ill on, I don't wish death on people. That's real. Right. 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 And what, and I don't know what's on the other side. So I hope it's fine. I hope it's cool over there. You know what I mean? I, I ain't trying to go on the other side and, and, and be angry or in pain. But like, he wasn't a great guy. At all. You know what I'm saying? And you're saying, oh, well, my dad is John McCain. Okay, cool. That don't, and, and I hope you were the opposite of your daddy. I was hoping you would be better. Aren't we supposed to be better as we go? At least your daddy listened sometimes. You don't. I feel like she's very, like, she's very loud. And the one thing I've noticed about um, people like her, right? I'm painting the obvious picture, people like her. And I saw this uh, via the view clips that I saw, via uh, CNN clips that I saw, um, Angela Rye being on MSNBC sometimes, CNN sometimes. Like, White women like McCain don't like when Black women have valid opinions with source work and, like, the work is done. Mm-hmm. They rather, it's just like a, I disagree with you because the sky is blue, rather than I disagree with you because the years and years of research and these are my points. Because as soon as you bring up points, she goes, I disagree, I disagree. She doesn't give you the opportunity to speak. But when she's talking, it's, I'm trying to talk right now. And um, and it's like, girl, Whoopi will knock you clean the fuck out and don't think twice and about it. She does not need this view check. Whoopi has solidified her career. She walks in a room and that's a million dollars right there. He don't got status, bitch. Do look, not get this twisted. She's doing look, y'all a favor. And and as but look, black people, we already have our own conversations about the likes of Whoopi and certain people. You know, we have our own inner family conversation, family conferences of our issues with Whoopi. Mm-hmm. Right? But like we That's know nice. we gonna support her the best we can. Certain black icons, right? With the exception of somebody that rhymes with Schmil Schwarzby, right? Certain black icons, our disdain for them will always be a kitchen counter conversation. We will never bring that shit to the living room. Mm-hmm. And we will never bring that shit to the living room because we know better. Exactly. So the minute you try to bring that kitchen table conversation to the living room, your ass gotta go. Yep. And so I am going to say one last thing, and that... Uh, what we just talked about comes in with a lot of things here. So I love this. Yeah, it's going to spill into my next one. <laughs> okay. So uh, I will say the last thing I, I'm going to say about this is Megan McCain is leaving The View at the end of the season. Delightful. And I might start watching it again. Bitch! Bitch! 
Me, look, I am already ready to see who gonna be replacing. Mm-hmm. Because I know it's gonna be another conservative person, but like I need a conservative person that like I can have fun with. Mm-hmm. You know, not for nothing. We all have conservative friends in our lives, those conservative people in our lives who we like to get a drink with every once in a while. Mm-hmm. But I need to be it need to be that bitch, somebody I can get a drink with. But see, this is the thing, and this is what I want, I very much want people to understand. The problem isn't that you're conservative. The problem is that you are a racist conservative. And you're like, that's you innately. You are a racist innately. And the thing is that kills me is why stray from that? Stand in there, live in that truth. But the reality of it is you don't want to stand in that truth and you don't want to live in that truth because you know you're about to get your ass fucked. Right. Up and down these streets. Listen. Up right. and down these streets. Okay, what's on your list? What's okay, next? so this was on my list, and it says TikTok challenges, right? But then the second point after that was white woman tears and its manipulation. So this piggybacks off of what you were saying about McCain and what we were saying about just you know that white fragility in general. So there's a TikTok challenge, right? Now, when I first saw the TikTok challenge, I was like, yeah, there's some bullshit. But then as I started seeing more of them, I was like, yo, like everything we've ever said about the manipulation of white women is true. So -hmm. basically the TikTok challenge is a whole bunch of white girls. There's only, and that's what's so crazy. It's only white women doing this challenge. There's never been a person of color doing it. There's never been a man doing just white women. Basically, they're crying on cue and then they stop, they stop crying and then they're like, oh, I can do it. So this challenge has been going on for like a month now. And there was a black content creator that stitched the challenge. And he was like, I'm not gonna say it, but y'all know what I'm thinking. Oops. How many times have we been in situations where um, we weren't at fault, but because we're black, we're at fault. And a white woman used her tears to for sympathy in the situation. Like, like even at my job now, and like you know where I work, I don't put my business out there. Um, there's a white girl there, and the minute she hears something she doesn't want to hear, or the minute like I'll say something to her in the effect of like something to benefit her but she doesn't want to do it, she'll start crying. Yep. And I'm just like, what are you crying for? Because I'm upset. But what are you upset about? Because I told you something you didn't want to hear. Mm-hmm. And then she'll go into like this whole tangent of just tears, like dramatic tears. I'm just like, I'm not. I, so back when I lived in Carolina, we had a friend group. And some of us are still in the group. Some of us are adjacent and some of us are no longer. Mm-hmm. Okay. And there was one of them who was no longer in the group who every time I said something, I could breathe. Breathe. She felt attacked. She felt attacked. And so one day I said, I don't want her in my house no more. Mm-hmm. Everybody was in the house. Wait, is this is this the time when you said I feel like being racist today? No. Okay. No, that was that was a while later. Okay. Everybody else was in the house. She was not. Our whole friend group was mm-hmm. in my apartment. 
and she was not. She was sitting at my doorstep <laughs> because I said she can't come in. And her boyfriend came in to hug everybody real fast. And then they were like, you got to let her in. Her grandmother just died. And I said, okay, my grandmother that woman. I said, my grandmother died before. I've had a grandmother die. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, sorry for, you know, your grandmama, but you need to learn a lesson. I'm not, mm-hmm. you're not always the victim. Right. You're not always the victim. More than likely, I am the victim. That's real. That's real right there. More than likely, I am the victim. And guess what? If you feel like you're the victim, now I'm the aggressor. And my black ass skin going straight to prison. Right. And you know what? It's so crazy because especially from watching that challenge, I was just like, I never discredit anybody's experience. I When I was upstairs school, I lived with white women and my roommate was white. Oh, prime example, personal experience. Um, my freshman year, I had a white roommate, right? Mm-hmm. She was disgusting, but that's neither here nor there. I had a white roommate, and her boyfriend. Uh, she's was the very, one who didn't. She's the one who didn't clean. Right. Her Y'all boyfriend can. was very much a racist, like very much racist. When he found out I was black, he she had him on speakerphone. He said, "Actually, she eats watermelon and fried chicken." Like very much a fucking racist, right? So. She was well aware that I didn't like her boyfriend. She was well aware that I didn't want him in my space. I come home from class one day. Her boyfriend is there. I didn't say anything. I'm getting ready for bed. I go take a shower. Her boyfriend's still there. So I'm like, hey, when is he leaving? And she said, oh, he's staying the weekend. No, she's like, he's staying until tomorrow. And I said, wait, what? I was like, when were you going to go over this with me? Because, like, what the fuck? I know this man. Right. And, I'm, you know, at the time... I was a lot nicer than I am now. Mm-hmm. And because I was programmed through like ABC family and shit when I was younger, like you're supposed to bond with your roommate. You're supposed to have like this insane bond and you become best friends. So I was like really like trying to make that happen. Right. right. So I was just like, yeah, he can't stay here. And she's like, oh, well, you know, and I was like, yeah, he can't stay here. So then it was like a thing. And then I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go to my RA. And I'm going to tell my RA I need a room change. I go down the block, to, well, not down the block, down the hall to my RA. And I'm like, hey, listen, just like I'm talking to you now, I'm like, hey, listen, my roommate's boyfriend is staying over. I need a room change. This is not going to work. I asked it for her, you know, for him not to be here. Um, he said some things that were off the cuff to me, blah, 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 whatever, whatever. Um, I need a room change. RA said, okay. Left it alone. I went upstairs, slept in my homegirl room. Me and her are actually still friends. Um, two days later, I get a note in my mailbox saying that I needed to see the whole director. And I'm like, okay, perfect. They're going to put in my room change. I get to the hall director and he's like, yeah, I was told that you had a really aggressive situation. So I'm 18. I'm just newly 18. I haven't had really too many interactions with white people because I come from a black ass family. And the little bit interaction, little interactions I've had with white people have been like my dad's friends from work, right? right. So I'm like, mm, yeah. So I'm telling him what happened. And he's like, yeah, but the RA said you came down to his room yelling and screaming. And I was like, I wasn't yelling and screaming. He was like, yeah, you came down to the room yelling and screaming and demanding. And like, he basically said you had like steam coming out your ears. And I was like, no, I didn't. I came down the hall to ask him for a room change. It's 11 o'clock at night. I want to go to sleep. And her room, like her boyfriend is still here, who is notably a racist. 
and has said racist things to me. Do you know what they did? They put me in anger management. Mm-hmm. And when I got there and spoke to the anger management coach and I told her what happened, she was like, you don't belong here. Yep. So from personal experience, mind you, they said they spoke to the roommate and she's like, she doesn't know why I would want a room change. And she got emotional about it. And I'm like, emotional about it. And like I'm- dead ass, these, these tears that can we can put in our coffee, our tea, Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Put it in a mug. Right. It's They are so effective. Mm-hmm. They are so effective in so many ways. Yes, you're getting what you want, being the victim. But this is also affecting my life. You okay. know what I'm saying? You know, y'all be calling cops on us. Y'all be calling cops on us. Okay, you know what? That leads me to my next point. That actually leads me to my next point. Karen's and Chad's who didn't mind their business. <sighs> Minding your business is free. It is like it, Google. It is straight up. It, you don't even, it's not even like Google could guess what? You don't even need to type. Listen. You don't even need to open your phone. You don't even need to try to process it. You just w- keep on walking. I've literally been like my, my second year going to Curl Fest, right? So funny. I don't know if you ever... Okay, so everybody who doesn't know, Curl Fest is like this big um, black hair care, like, like set, which is like a party, right? But it's like vendors, it's really fun, whatever. We were walking through Prospect fucking Park. Child. A sea of black folk walking through Prospect fucking Park. Do you know what this white lady said to her kids? Where are all these black people going? I want to go too and follow us. Yep. Didn't ask us questions. She just followed us. Yeah, I mean, we've all followed people running in New York, and then you end up at a show. Yeah. Then you end up at a show on the Lower East Side because you were like, "Ooh, all the young folks are running." I'm a young folk. Um, First of all, cardinal rule of blackness: if I see black people running more than two, I'm running with them. Yeah, I don't know what they running from, but I don't want to be no. Part I, I don't want no part. No part right? of it. No part. But then you end up at a show on the Lower East Side and you end up finding a black punk rock band and you're like, oh, I'm good. Look at this. Wonderful. Well, you know what I mean? They were just late. They didn't want to miss the they didn't want to miss the call time. That's really <laughs> what it was. Um, but it's like dead ass, like it's not hard to mind your business. Because what happened was um now you know me, I've always had friends from different backgrounds for the most part, right? Mm-hmm. And like, so I, I'm one of those people who kind of mixes company sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know, I have friends from different groups come and hang out because like what happens is I don't want there to ever be a situation where one friend needs, needs a friend mm-hmm. and, so does, and I already scheduled time with another friend and like I have to have both of them there you know, and y'all don't get along. I want you to get along just in case because I'm trying to, you want me to be a good friend, I'm going to be a good friend. Right. But sometimes I got to spread thin, right? And also like, I be like having events. I be like having mm-hmm. parties and get togethers. So y'all got to get along. And if you don't, step a corner. You know what I'm saying? But y'all both here, okay? Mm-hmm. Deal with it. Um, I don't do drama. So just deal with it. Okay, we're going to treat you like kids. Mm-hmm. Um, so... It's like two, like, uh, so 
we were out one day, we were walking down. So when I was in Carolina, we used to go to this place called Boogaloo. Well, this thing called Boogaloo. It was a beer festival. Mm-hmm. Local beers, local booze. It's amazing, right? And we were, and there was a few of us walking down, like walking down the main street of Fayetteville, of or Fayetteville Street, of like just hanging out, blah, blah, blah. And um, we were talking about like, you know, the parties and like, you know, the black events that were going on in Raleigh. Mm-hmm. And this was like during my dashiki phase. No, oh. this was not during my dashiki phase. This was during my semi-Black Panther phase. I can see it. Semi-Black Panther. Um, and like one of my white friends was with us. Like we were like we were part of the friend group, whatever. And I was like, you know, what? Well, and they were like, oh, that'd be cool, blah blah blah. I'm like, not for nothing. I'm not bringing you. Mm. And they were like, why not? I'm like, it's a black event. And this is for me and my blackness. And I need right. it. I need to be black with just my blackness. Right. And he was like, well, why can't, well, shouldn't, you know, face it be free for everybody and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, 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 baby. We have to create safe faces. Because y'all don't give us room to be safe. We are only 12 and of this country. We don't have them to be safe. Y'all be kicking us out of our houses so y'all can build gentrified versions of brownstone. That was literally my next topic, but go on. So, like, dead ass, our safe spaces, we can't even have. And every time we try to create a space for ourselves, y'all try to price us out. Mm-hmm. Y'all try to call the cops on us. Mm-hmm. Y'all, y'all make it seem like we're ghetto as fuck. You know what I mean? Like, don't get me wrong. I'll be a little bit ghetto sometimes. You know what I'm saying? But like, you know, but like, are you being ghetto or are you being comfortable enough in your own skin to throw caution to the wind and be yourself? I'm being ratchet. Okay. I might have interlude that shit, and I probably shouldn't have. Continue. I'm being ratchet. This was a Tupac shit. Okay, okay. we're doing a little poetic justice up in this bit. Okay. All right, I was never a Janet, but. What was her friend name? Huh? What was her friend name? Regina King character. Oh my god, I forgot. I'm blanking on it. I'm blanking on it. I'm blanking on it. Um. Oh my god, I know what you're talking. I'm gonna about. find it out. I'm gonna find it out. Okay. But like, we need our. Sometimes we need y'all to mind y'all business. Okay. Now, if you see there's harm happening to us, do something. Right. Okay. But, like, when we need to just be us, because even our biggest ally who isn't Black, you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. has to understand that sometimes even you are problematic. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's like some of them see racism in everything now. Right. And every moment is them trying to defend my blackness. Right. And I'm like, baby, I need a break from you too. So I I think a lot of the, um, a huge part of allyship in any movement, right, is knowing when to speak and when to listen. And mm-hmm. I think that a lot of times white people want to prove their allyship so badly that they over talk or over like they talk over the conversation so it's like uh i was on the train today 
and this lady asked if she said next to me and I told her no and she sat next to me anyway and I was like well shit you need to move like six feet or whatever and the person do you think it was racism do you think it was like racism because she didn't hear you do you think that she was just like anti black because she didn't hear you and she didn't listen to your wishes no I think her ass was tired and maybe there was no other seats but I didn't personally want her sitting next to me and as far as um like <clears throat> you know me I'm a huge ally for the LGBTQIA community and I often get invited to events and they're like oh do you want to go to this event and I'm like mm, no because a huge part of my allyship is not taking up space that's not created for me and I think white people need to understand just because this space is afforded to you it was not created for you therefore you should not be here yo dead ass dead ass Okay, I got two things to say about this, and then we'll move on. The first one is, there used to be this event. I remember I was telling you about a queer abstract in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. And it used to be once a month. It was um, it was catered to the QTPOC community, which I think they now call the BIPOC. I don't know. It is, look, there are so many acronyms. I am an old ass. I run out of, like, time. You said LGBTQIA. That's more than I'll do. I, 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 try to, I try to do the whole QIA. I just be, I just be, look, I just be out here being like the queers. The, 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 the dick sucking and pussy eating community. It's interchangeable. Um, it's interchangeable. It's interchangeable. You know what I mean? The, the pussy eating and dick sucking community. That happens too. Um, <laughs> um, I mean, you know, no, but that ass, like, it's a lot, right? But the events used to happen once a month, and we would, it was catered specifically for POC, queer POC. Mm-hmm. And they really touched base on the trans aspect of the community, and I loved it. Mm-hmm. Um, but you would occasionally see white folk coming in. Now, this is a free event, by the way. Okay. And white folks would be stumbling in. And I'm just over here, like, because what happens is a lot of times you see the art happening and it, some of, a lot of it is people expressing their experiences that they've, that they've encountered with white folk. Mm-hmm. And then a lot of white people would be like, well, I'm not like this. And I'm but like. It doesn't mean that that type of hurt and pain doesn't exist. Yes. And then they're like, well, they shouldn't be saying that on stage. I'm like, you're in our space. Right. We have to tell you our story. Right. Because our stories are fucking valid, right? Right. And then then that goes into the other thing I'll say, because it's all about sharing. And you Mm -hmm. know I'm saying this a lot lately. You cannot manifest destiny your way into our spaces. Exactly. Okay, it's the same thing as as mothers when they're... um, It's the same thing as mothers when they're trying to tell other kids to share their toys with their children. Mm-hmm. It's like saying to another mother, well, your kid must share with my kid. No, baby. First of all, I don't know your kid. Did you use hand sanitizer? When last did that baby, when last was that baby washed in the bathtub? The same. My okay. got the same shit my baby ain't got. Maybe your broke ass needs to get one. Get with the money scene, bitch. Okay, like, no. I, I have to know. We are not sharing. Okay, we are not sharing. All right, we don't know you, so mm-hmm. you can't manifest destiny. Manifest destiny your way into us sharing with you. Right. 
You know what I'm saying? Like, if you want to be cool with each other, cool. You know what I'm saying? And I appreciate that. I really fucking do. But, like, let's be honest. It hurts us in so many ways because we start to get spaced out. Right. In our own spaces. That's why. That's why. You know? Had you minded your business for a minute, we would have recouped and then be able to, like, let you know what's up. There was a girl who had an event. It was a Black-only event. Um, right now, I can't remember where it was. But she had two ticket prices. Prices for Black people and prices for white people. The prices for Black people were $30. For white people, was 45 And this white girl was basically, like, trying to, like, out her for price gouging. And she's like, how can you charge more for white people? That's racist. She's like, it's not racist. This is in a space for you guys and you guys want to be in this space. So if you want to be in this space, pay the extra money. So the girl was like, oh, I just suggest that white people just buy the black ticket and then that's it. They can't turn you away at the door. She's like, yes, the fuck I can because it's my event. Every white person that bought a black ticket, when they got there, she turned them away at the door and did not give them a refund. Mm-hmm. Like, that's how you got to do it. I mean, that I'm and and it's crazy because, like, there's still places on the South where they won't serve me mm-hmm. because I'm Black. Mm-hmm. There are yellow cabs in New York that won't pick me up because I'm Black. Listen. So, dead ass, like, I I experience exclusion every day. We mm-hmm. all do. We Y'all don't realize this, but we do. Like, that's how, that's why a lot of Black people don't, can't get the job that they're qualified for Like, it is all so interchangeable. It is all so interchangeable, bro. It is, oh my, go to your your next point. because. Okay, so originally my next point was gentrification, right? But to piggyback off the last thing you said, the job market was also on here. So here's why I hate the job market, right? Several reasons. Reason number one. The physical code switching that we have to do and able to get the jobs that we are overqualified for. Disgusting. Woo! Disgusting. Um, you know, now in New York State, it's illegal to discriminate based off hair, right? So that's great and it's fun. And it's fun in the sense of, you know, now we're able to do more of what we innately have. Like I can wear my fro to work and it's no big deal. However, just because it's legal doesn't mean that I will be made comfortable. Right? Because let's be real. Because let's be real. People love to ask, well, why do Black people straighten their hair and dye their hair and get mad when we have their hairstyle? Um, First of all, the standard of beauty in the United States was white woman with blonde hair, straight blonde hair, for over 100 years. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, y'all might have a little bounce to it every once in a while, but essentially it was straight. Mm-hmm. The most y'all allowed was Fair Fawcett. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then Suzanne Summers, but we'll have a conversation about that later. Um, I ain't got look. You know, I know my. You know, I know my seventy pop culture. Listen. Um, but I'm like dead ass. Like the amount of stress I used to go through of cutting my hair Mm -hmm. of I hate haircuts you know how hard it is to be a queer person going into a barbershop 
I have heard so many like it is traumatic horror stories. It is traumatic. So like going through that just for a job, just for a paycheck. Mm-hmm. And then, you, and then I need to hope that they give me insurance so I can go to a therapist to explain why that barbershop was traumatic so I can keep right. this job so right. I can pay this therapist. Like, it's a fucking pattern, right? Right. Woo, thank God I don't have to do that anymore. But it's like Black women went through way more because of their hair. They have to go through so much perming and the fact that their hair falls out eventually from all that perming. They have to get horrible wigs that they sweat under for fucking eight hours, 12 hours a day. Let me say something. I'm not wearing no wig in nobody's office for nobody's damn reason. If I get a wig, it's because I don't feel like doing my hair. But I'll be damned if I gotta get a fucking bob just to be in somebody's office. Right. But and then, like, I, let's be real. Just because you changed our hair, just because you said, oh, you can be who you are, doesn't mean you still you can't be racist. That part. That part. Because so they, could, they, can still dis- they can still deny me the job because I'm Black, but say it's under another card. And this, this is my point. So the job market, right? I'll give you an example. You know the, the sector that I work in, right? So... A friend of mine, well, not a friend, she's a co-worker. She was telling me about a job she was going to, a job interview she was going to for another agency. And she's like, yeah, the qualifications is this, 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 and third, and you got to have a degree and da, 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 but you need 15 years of experience. So I said, you need 15 years of experience of that job or the knowledge of the people you will work with or 15 years of experience after your degree. And she's like, I don't know. So I said, how is it that they expect you to get this position with 15 years of experience under your degree? It does not make any sense. Yep. If I work at McDonald's and you tell me to be a fucking manager, I need 12 years of managerial experience. And I've been on fraud since I got here. How the fuck am I going to get 12 years of managerial experience? Yep. Yep. It doesn't make sense. Make it make sense. In order to have that amount of experience, you will have to lie like shit on your resume. Yep. I know somebody right now that has on their resume their resume that they have 10 years of experience as a floor manager in an office building. They were literally the only fucking employee in that office building. It was them and their boss, and that's it. They didn't have to manage anybody. But they pimped the system and they got the job that they wanted. They really don't have the experience. So now you want me to lie on my job application that I have all this experience and then when I get there, I can't fucking do a spreadsheet because I had to lie? Like, the fact, that I, the fact that I can do spreadsheets is already exhausting. Right. The fact that, like, look, look, let me be real, dead ass. I'd be looking at some of the jobs I had, and I was definitely overqualified for them. This job that I have now, I am perfectly qualified for it. <laughs> I really am. Because, like, it's challenging. It's mm-hmm. challenging, and I like it. I like the challenge. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But do you know the amount of work and stress I had to go through to get my uh-huh. other jobs? 
You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. The amount of working stress I had to go through for a minimum wage job. Mm-hmm. Even though I had more experience than any other applicant they had, way more experience in 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 most of the employees that they actually had there. Right. I I knew to do the boss's job. And you're still paying me minimum wage. I'm doing you, I'm doing your job so that makes to make sure your company stays open and you're paying me minimum wage. Hmm. And it's not uncommon. But the thing is, if you tell me if and, I'm not talking, the, and I'm not talking to 15 minimum wage, I'm talking when it was the 875. Yes. That's what I'm talking. I know a lot of people like for my, my job now. I'm fortunate not to be a $15 person because I've been there for a while, but I know a lot of people that were $15 people that when New York State passed the 15 across the board, they were like, fuck this shit, I'm not doing it anymore, they quit. Because they was like, I can basically go flip burgers at McDonald's for less stress. And I 100% understand that. If I'm being perfectly honest, I'm way overqualified for my job. I've heard that from higher ups i've heard that from you know people that come in to do whatever it is that they need to do i'm trying not to give up too much information but i've even like a couple of years ago so funny i've had um because i work all right if everybody remembers my last episode i work in healthcare um i had one of the nurses say to me like we were just talking and they said to me why do you work here and I was like, oh, because you know, I went to school for it. And it was always a passion of mine. It's just that um, when I was in school, I was on the other end. And then when I came in and started working and doing the work, I realized the other end wasn't for me. It wasn't um, what I wanted to do. Right. And they were like, you don't belong here. And I was like, what do you mean? They were like, you don't belong on this end. You need to like go back to school, finish it out and get on the opposite end because you don't belong here. You will do so much good on the other end. But here's the fun fact. Even with the, the, what am I, 13 years in, even with the 13 years of experience that I have already, if I was to cross over to the other end, they would still tell me that I need 15 years of experience on the other end. Yep. In order to get the job on the other end. Yep. And it makes no sense. Yep. I, child, Let's, let's just get, child let's just get work off the mind let's get work off the mind okay let it is it is the weekend okay so we're gonna have a little fun we're gonna have a little fun before i bring in a little bit more serious okay, okay. so being that pride just happened mm-hmm. i'm gonna say this oh god i'm bringing the kitchen counter to the living room okay and i'm gonna do that for a few more people but well, a couple of them are were already out there, and we already know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm bringing this one out. RuPaul Charles. We have we have many people of diversity up on here. My, meanwhile, the whole day is except for him with alabaster. Mm. Okay. Mm. The way they treated Shangela. Mm. Okay, the way they treated Tyra. Mm. Okay, go ahead. I have things to say about Miss Tyra now. Now, because I haven't watched, I'm going to be real. I haven't watched since 
Ben De La Creme was on because I was so tired. Okay. It's been years. Wait, which season? Her original season or her all-star season? She had an all-star season? She came back on all-stars, right? And it was so funny because I was just like, this bitch knew what she was doing. She was winning every single, like, when I tell you every single... uh, Challenge? uh, Not talent. Oh, my God. Yeah, challenge. I'm sorry. She's winning every single challenge. You know, on All-Stars, the cash prize is like $5,000 every time you win a challenge. But at this point, she has like $30,000. So, um, like, she goes up against, I think, like, Trixie with the lipstick thing. So, she won the challenge. She had like $30,000. And she won the lipstick battle. And they were like, who are you sending home? And I forgot who she was supposed to send home. And she took the lipstick out and her name was on the lipstick. And she's like, I'm going home. And everybody was was gagged. And she was like, I feel like I've done what I was supposed to do. I came to redeem myself. And, you know, I did it and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, you know what? She did the right thing because she knew she was going to win that whole shit. And she knew, I think Shanji was on that, that season. She knew that if she made it all the way through, she would have won the whole season. But for a lot of the girls, it wasn't about redemption. For her, it was just about redemption and saying, I still got it, I can still do it. But the other girls was like, no, I need this shit because like my livelihood depends on it. And I think yep. Trixie won that year. Yeah. And, and, and that makes sense. Like, look, n- no shade, right? But like, a lot of the a lot of the, the drag queens, a lot of the queens on the show mm-hmm. are really great, right? Mm-hmm. But then RuPaul had Laganja Estranja on that show. Mm-hmm. That is a cultural appropriation caricature right there. Mm-hmm. And yeah, she's like, just I'm just being that. me. Like, no, no, baby, no, you're not. Say that for the ones in the bit. And then, like, we look at Raven. You see Raven out here practically doing blackface now. Blackface. Raven, you are a Mormon from Utah. You do not get that tan. You don't. No. And then people are out here, like, like RuPaul co-signs a lot of this shit. RuPaul treats, and it's not one of those, I'm, I'm pushing you harder because mm-hmm. you're one of us. No, it's... I'm going to tear you down in front of these white folk mm-hmm. to not only make me feel better, but to make them feel better. And you know what's so funny? Because when the whole fracking thing came out, um, the fracking came out, uh, Pearl came out and said like how badly they were treated on the show. A lot of the girls of color, specifically black women, well, black girls, came out and said like RuPaul was like really mean to us, disgusting to us, like they like tore us down on the runway, blah, blah, blah. And then a lot of the trans girls came out and was like, yeah, I was totally transitioned on the show. And I was told by production that I couldn't show myself fully transitioned because um, Peppermint, before the show, like before she got the call, she was fully, like basically fully transitioned. And they said to her, no, you can't do that here. Like you must be in boy everything single day. And she was like, you know, it was like, it was a, it took her aback a little bit, but at the same time, she was like, you know, this might be my shot. 
Right. So all of this shit is happening, right? And RuPaul is getting all this fucking backlash. And what does RuPaul do? I'm going to give you nigga girls and I'm going to give you trans girls. And it's like, bro, we get what you're doing. We get what you're trying to do. But this ain't it. Like, I used to be... Okay, I'm going to say this song name and I don't mean any offense. Mm-hmm. But they... I remember I used to blast Tranny Chasers mm-hmm. by RuPaul. But it also goes back to the notion that we were talking about um, a while back. You can be a part of the community and not be up. You can be of the community and not a part of the community. Mm-hmm. And I think that RuPaul is one of those older gays that are like, back in my day, you were just a gay or a lesbian. I don't know what all these new letters are about. Either you suck dick or you didn't. Ha ha ha. I'm in Palm Springs. Like that very much gives Okay, Palm Springs. Okay, Palm Springs. Listen. We are weather gay. Listen. Uh, um, no, you know what's crazy is a lot of the older lesbians, you know me and the older lesbians. Mm-hmm. You know how I do. Oh, thank you, Grandma. <laughs> but a lot of the older lesbians that I know from New York who know him don't like him. Of course. And I'm like, oh, oh. First of all, RuPaul needs to remember you were running around with Amanda Lepore popping pills and acting like you weren't. We know where you were, honey. We know. We know. We know. So and like, Amanda Lepore has shown growth. What happened to you? Listen, my favorite line, I remember when I was... um. I was younger. I wasn't in my 30s. I was in my 20s. And I saw an interview uh, with James St. James, Amanda LaPointe, they were on um, Sally Jesse Raphael. And they were, yeah, eons ago. And (laughs) they were saying, like, basically how the club kids were, like, um, starting, like, this whole drug culture. And Sally Jesse Raphael, like, Amanda LaPointe just got finished saying how she has boyfriends, and our boyfriends take her on trips, and they do this. And um, Sally Jesse said, do they know that you're a man? And she's like, I'm not a man, I'm a woman. And then Sally Jesse Raphael goes, what are you addicted to? And she goes, what do you mean? And she's like, like, what's your drug of choice? She goes, I'm addicted to glamour. And like, when she said it, it was like, so like, she that bitch. She that bitch. Look. She that bitch. I love, look, Amanda Lepore is that gal. Mm. You know what I mean? Classic. Classic. She gives you, she gives you Vivian St. West. Mm-hmm. She gives you Diane Kale. She gives she gives me porcelain Barbie. She but gives in me, the sense of like she not you, fragile, but like uh Betty Davis. Mm-hmm. She gives you um a lot of Marilyn. Mm-hmm. And you know what? She does answer the age-old question, whatever happened to Baby Jane? Thank you so much. But I still hate RuPaul. Anyway, what's next on your list? Okay, this is the last thing I'm going to say about RuPaul. RuPaul basically did with what uh, white celebrities do when we call them out on their bullshit. We called you out for being transphobic and racist, and you were like, I'm not transphobic or racist. Look at all the things that I've given you niggas. Y'all are not happy. I just gave y'all four black queens in a row to win. And it's like, girl, we still know the truth. Like, I can't be racist. I'm RuPaul. Like, I can't. 
<laughs> okay, OJ. Anyway. Oops. RuPaul is the OJ Simpson of drag. And I do not mean that in a quarterback way. Um, Oops. Or a murderous way, but we don't know. Keep going. <laughs> she has killed a lot of careers. Um, Oops. Oh, let me just say this about Tyra Sanchez. Since you mentioned Tyra Sanchez. So my only beef with Tyra Sanchez, first of all, I, I, I remember this vividly. Um, after Tyra won, he wanted to make it very clear that he wasn't gay. And they were like, what do you mean? He was like, a gig is a gig. Money is money. I got a son. I'm not gay. And everybody was like, huh? And then after that, like, Rude did, like, his due diligence to make sure, like, everybody on the show, if you were on the show, you were gay. Like, you weren't on the show just for the bag like Tyra was. You were on the show because you did drag as a gay man. You did drag impersonation. So Tyra has had the most run-ins with the law post the show. And that's also why Tyra hasn't been on the show like that. I don't know if you've been keeping up. The last year, um, they went on Instagram and was like, I'm not doing this Tyra shit no more. This gay shit ain't for me. I'm tired of people thinking I'm gay. I just had another baby. Da-da-da-da-da. And then, like, took down the whole Tyra page and was, like, promoting their own music. But they're, like, going out of their way to disassociate with the Tyra persona and also drag race and stuff. And I'm just like, you really did this for the bag, huh? Like, this was really for the bag. People gonna listen to your music. People gonna listen to your music. People gonna listen to your music. That shit whack. Okay. Okay. Keep... Go, go to your next topic, because, child, you know I can go. Okay, so since we're talking about celebrity, hmm, what do I want to go? I hate P. Diddy. Listen. Here's why. Brother Love, Puff Daddy, Sean John. Let me... Sean P. Diddy Combs. Did I ever tell you that my mother was, like, furious? Because she found out P. Diddy was worth more than Jay-Z and Beyonce. She was furious. Like, you would have thought, like, somebody owed her money. How did he make more money than them? That's Jay-Z and Beyonce. So, well, my, you know, he's been out for a very long time. He has a lot of investors. I don't care. And I'm just like, girl, they owe you money? Like, what's wrong? Here's why I hate P. Diddy. Um... I could go into many reasons. I could go into the reason at, that um, he only appreciated uh, Kim Porter after she died. I could go into that. I could go into the fact of how he basically treated Cassie like a, a pouch poodle for the 10 years that they were together. However, she accepted that and so did Kim Porter. So I can't really be mad at him for that. We can also, so we can also uh, mention him capitalizing on Biggie's death. We can mention him capitalizing on Biggie's death. We can mention the fact that he allowed Shine to go to prison for 15 years, if I'm correct, 15 years, on a gun charge that he basically had, but Shine took the rap for him because he promised Shine, like, all this shit, oh, I'm going to take care of you and your family, don't, don't worry about it. Shine went to jail and Diddy never came to see him, never took care of him or anything. We can talk about all of that shit. But you know what I want to talk about? Making the band. Child! 
making the look. I will dinner. say this: we got some Danny Decane out of it, and I'm still not sure what happened with that and why. I enjoyed it. The curse of bad boy. It's the curse of bad boy. Diddy brings out artists. They make one album and that's it. The only reason why. Okay, let's let's uh, let's rewind it, right? So for all you kiddos that don't know what making a band is, making a band started off as a show on on ABC where they were making a group called Old Town. ABC then showed then showed. Then sold the idea of making the band to BH1 Viacom. BH1 Viacom took the show. Diddy was like, I want to make a band. Let's make a band. So now Diddy took over the show, right? The franchise. Diddy then comes out with a group called The Band because, you know, originality. Originality. The show was very chaotic, absolutely ridiculous. Diddy was like some egomaniac on the show, had them walking from Harlem, um, from Manhattan to Brooklyn for cheesecake and walking back. Um, juniors, <laughs> juniors. It was with it was that chair, the chair, the, the chair of death. I mm-hmm. know that juniors. And um, it was like every single episode, he was like, "I'm not giving y'all studio time." Like it was a very chaotic show. Like it was extremely chaotic. The album comes out. The album was actually really good. I had it. Like it was a good album, solid album. Diddy gets mad and like, I'm dismantling the band. No rhyme or reason. I just don't fuck with y'all anymore. Okay, cool. So then he comes back. I want to make an R&B group. He makes Day 26. Another chaotic ass show. I watched all of it. I was into it. Then he comes back. No, he made Diddy King first. He made Diddy King, then he made the, the Day 26. Okay, cool. The problem I have with Diddy is this. Diddy is one of those people that says nobody's bigger than Diddy and no group is better than Diddy. And that's okay. But that narcissistic personality trait that you got, bro, you got to dead that because, like, you're playing with people's hopes and dreams. Yeah. You ki- like, you killed Day 26 for no reason. Like, none. It wasn't a, a real rhyme or reason. They were complaining because the money wasn't adding up. And you was like, oh, the money's not adding up? Let me kill this group. Danity came, you killed them because the money wasn't adding up. Mm. And then I'll never forget on, um, because remember back in the day when they used to do like wrap-up shows? Um, They don't really do that anymore because of the internet. But they did the wrap-up show for when Day 26 and Danity came were both on making the band. And I remember the light that left Dawn's face. When they were like, oh, Diddy, what are you doing? He was like, oh, I got this new... No, he didn't say I got this new... He goes, I got this album coming out called Last Train to Paris. It's a real good album. And Dawn is sitting there, she was like, "Mm, you're not going to say I'm on an album? Mind you, she was in the group with him. And um, the girl that was on Love & Hip Hop that has like 50 other kids. What is her name? You know I don't be following these people. Anyway, Diddy has a horrible problem of bringing out artists and giving them hope and then snatching that hope away from them mm-hmm. and then the bad part is so here's here's the here's the bad part right everything is tied up in diddy so when day 26 wanted to come back out they was like oh we'll just put out music independently they had to fight for their legal rights to their name yep diddy came didn't get back they got back together but they didn't get back together because when they first got back together, 
they didn't have the money to buy their name. Yep. So when they were doing shows, they were still paying Diddy. And his portion of like the paycheck, what was it, five of them? It couldn't give them five equally. So then what happened? Then he can't go down to three. Then what happens? They break up. And then um, Shannon and Audrey had that group White Dumb Blonde or something. And then yeah. Bonus putting her music out independently. D Wood said, I ain't got time for this bullshit. And she never came back. So yeah. Alright. Okay. I can already tell, and you two can tell, this one's going to be a long one for us. It is. But this, this, this is how we are when we have conversation. Mm-hmm. This is really how we are. Like, y'all should see some of the editing that I had to take out from the last episode we did. Oh, my God. That shit went on and on. I'm going to send you that one day, like, the real full audio, just so we can judge ourselves. Okay. Um, so instead of me having to edit this episode and give it, mm-hmm. I'm just going to give it to the niggas wall. Yeah. Okay. So what we're going to do tonight is we're going to wrap up here. Mm-hmm. And then... We are going to give... Actually, which is perfect, because you told me earlier you had two reasons why you're canceled. I do. So you can give me one of them now. Okay. And then we can do the other one for... Wait for it. Part two. Part two. Okay, so... So, so step with the sauce. With the sauce. What, why'd you cancel, boo? Okay, so the first reason I'm canceled this week is because my sister's having major surgery on on Tuesday, right? Um, a lot of you who know me know that I'm a full-time auntie. I take pride in my full-time auntie shit. Um, she's having surgery on Tuesday, and she has to go in Monday uh, to do a couple of things. So she's like, yeah, the doctor says that he wants me to come in Monday night. So I was like, oh, yeah? So she's like, yeah. I was like, so do you have like a two bedroom or is there one bed? Like, how is it going to work? And she's like, why? I said, because you need to take your kid with you. <laughs> because I am not watching her. Look, look, we love that baby. We love but that we- baby. But no. But- I was like, you need to take her with you. And she's like, don't do that. I was like, if she has to sleep under your bed, it is what it is. You need to take that child with you. I love her deeply. Don't get me wrong. But like her at nighttime, no man. No man. Look, while you are still on this earth, (laughs) while you are still on this earth, God willing, for another million years, you know Mm. what I'm saying? Mm. She going to be sleeping near you and not me. Listen, she she sleeps in her own room. She's nine. She sleeps in her own own bed. But she has this thing where, like, I'll be sleeping, and then I'll hear someone go, I'm so crazy. and I'll jump up, like, what happened? Is the house on fire? And she's like, um, I just wanted to ask you a question. And I'm like, what's the question? Do you think that, like, zebras can see at night? And I'm like, yo, if you don't go to bed, if, if you, you don't, don't take bed, your ass to bed, <laughs> I'm fucking done with you. Please go to bed. I know, I get it, I get it. I, I, look, listen, personally, me, I wouldn't cancel you for that. My nephew used to come into my room and be like, can I sleep with you tonight? And I'd be like, nigga, you got a whole big ad bed. Listen. Um, I know you're a child, but you got TV. If you're scared, put on some Teletubbies or something. I don't know. I don't know what's on the television at night for children. I really don't. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, you can read a book, you know? Mm-hmm. Green eggs and ham knock you right out. 
So my niece is actually afraid of the dark, which is, it's not funny because I had issues with the dark too. I actually keep my TV on for the noise. So um, she's like really afraid of the dark. And she's like to my sister, pleading with her mom, please let me keep the TV on. I promise I won't watch it. Cause you know, if you like me, I sleep with cartoons on. Cause I know like I won't be interested in it. And she's like, I'll, I'll, I'll put the TV on. I won't watch it. Mom, you know what? You know what I'll do? I'll put friends on. Nobody's watching Friends, Mom. I don't watch Friends. There's no Black people on there. I put Friends on. <laughs> <laughs> so in order for her to go to sleep and still have like some type of bite, she like literally puts Friends on. And just goes to bed. And I'm, I'm like, raise I'm, up a child in the way that they should go. So when I'm, they are older, I'm, I'm low-key low judging that baby, but I get it. Mm. I get it. Now, if you put Seinfeld on, she's going to stay up and watch it all night. But friends, she's like, no, it's no white people. I'm not watching that. I mean, it's no black oh, people. Friends. Oh, I love you. Love you so too. we're going to end part one right here. Mm-hmm. And I am going to leave today with a quote. I mean, you gave us so many gems, though. So many gems. Um, but today's quote is. I'm going to repeat it. It's a repeated quote. Mm-hmm. Until the lion learns to speak, the tales mm-hmm. of hunting will be weak. You know, your episode, I want to get it right. I don't want to mess it up, right? So let me with the Spotify. And I know we're leaving, but I, I just want to, I think I told you this already, but um, until the lion learns to speak that episode, like I was just like, oh, so many gems. You 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 went to Canaan, didn't you? I went there, came back, and said, "You know what? It is what it is." The dusty for philosopher, but I'm but I'm but Okay, him and him and Adam Levine and Bang Bang. Wait, is that a song? Yes. Okay. It is a song by Canaan, right? Okay. It features Adam Levine. Let me look it up. It's called Bang Bang. Hmm. And there's a Dr. Kevorkian reference. Okay. It's all about this girl who is just hell on wheels. Oh, yeah. You know what? You're going to have to send it to me because they just gave me Bang Bang with Jesse J. And I I know that. I'm going to send it to you. I'm going to send it to you. I'm going to send it to you. All right. So, ending today with. Canon saying, until the lion learn to speak, the tales of hunting will be weak. All right, bye. Adosis. <laughs>